The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi there, Scott McClelland with your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're very happy today to be joined for a second time on this podcast by Francesco Abortivi. Hi, Francesco. Hi, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for being here and thanks for taking your time to inform our perspective from overseas. It's really good. Thank you. (laughs) You're joining us from Italy, Parma, am I right? Correct. Yeah, Parma area. Great place. Was there last year. Got the great privilege of meeting you guys and spending some time with you. It was such a blessing to me to be there and to meet you guys and get to encounter your life in God and what you guys are up to. So thanks for humoring me. Thank you for coming. (laughs) We're working again to try to be there. We'll keep in contact about that, but really appreciate it. And uh, of course, you were just in the United States yourself. Yes. How much time did you have? Oh, just a week. One week. Okay. So you were in the Carolinas and had some board meetings and other things of type with the ministry that you're working with. You're working with right. Adventive Cross-Cultural Initiatives. There's a lot of syllables in there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys had your board meeting, and I trust that all went well. It was great. Thank you. Great group of people. I really, you know, I met Tony, I guess, who was found, yes. one of the founders. He and I have been friends for a number of years. He's a very convincing person. He convinced me to come to Italy and meet you guys. So thankful for his friendship. He's quite a guy. As our So many I've met on the field, including yourself. So we're talking, this is our second installment, a little gap between the two for uh, the From the Forefront podcast. We were talking a little bit earlier about different things that you see in missions and ministry from different contexts. We were talking about that in a leadership moment. I would encourage anyone who's not heard Francesco's Leadership Moment podcast with me or the two of them that we've recently done to check that out at uh, leadersmoment.org. So much of what I've done in missions and ministry has been in Latin America, a little bit in Africa, a little bit in Thailand, but primarily in Latin America and Mexico, probably where I've been more than anywhere else in Central America as well. What I've noticed is that so much of the context I've worked in, Latin America specifically, is similar in philosophy to the U.S., a lot of the Christianity and the type of Christianity that you see and the kinds of things people do 
is the same stuff we do in the United States. And that is different than Western Europe. I want to kind of dig into that a little bit if we can. Yeah, it's, it's quite true. America has a big influence all over the world in any, in any sense. Citing Tony, uh, whom, whom we were talking before, he says that he, he doesn't understand why we talk about pop music. He was saying, I don't understand why you get all the bad American pop music and you don't get the nice songs. And it's quite right, actually. Now, the problem is that that's true also with the churches, uh, ministry, denominations. For some strange reason, American culture, Christian culture, is more successful with the televangelists, prosperity gospel, rather than, let's say, mainstream Christianity. So that, that's a problem. That's true uh, pretty much in Africa, South America, and other parts of the world. Partly in Europe, too, although I would say that here we filter things much more for, for many uh, historical reasons. We are very skeptical towards everything that is to show-like, if you like. So something, especially televangelists, this kind of things, they don't really they don't get much of attention, not too much here at least. Mm-hmm. Although there are people that do follow these kind of things. Now, it's different. I think it's complicated to, to really understand why, but you probably know that Europeans are, have this strange attitude towards America. There's this love and hate thing. <laughs> so we, we watch your movies. We like uh, so many things of what you do, but at the same time, we love to complain of, about how we don't like you. So it's, it's kind of strange. <laughs> I mean, this is a mystery to most people. <laughs> Not mystery in the fact that it's unknown, but the mystery in the fact that it's little understood. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> and of course, every country is different. For example, France, the French people don't really love Americans. <laughs> that's that's quite general. <laughs> I think that's commonly observed, but little understood. Yeah. The problem I think that we encounter across cultures is that you don't have your ability, you don't have the ability to see yourself from the outside. Right. right. You know, you have an insider's point of view to yourself and an insider's point of view in many ways to your culture. Mm-hmm. There's no way to observe from the outside what it is that you look like. I've had a couple of train wrecks of that kind <laughs> right. that were very helpful to me, though painful uh, in the process. So I do think that we don't understand what we look like to outside people. That's true. But I also think that there is a misunderstanding to all this in the sense that very often people here tend to judge but what they hear on TV, by what they hear on the news or by the pop music, pop culture. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's in America. That's just a very small part of America. Right. Of course, if you judge another country by that, only by very partial judgment, then it's, it doesn't, doesn't really work. And the same, the same somehow is, is true with the Christians because Christians tend to think that uh, American Christianity is televangelist, is the health and wealth gospel, is certain extremes that is, then that's not true. Actually, most of uh, the American Christian culture is very different from that. Right. I mean, it is a part of it, and maybe it's one of the louder. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Parts of the Christian culture in the United States. And I think there, you know, we're, there are a variety of reactions, both inside and outside the U.S., toward what is be in many ways a caricature 
A caricature yes. is where you take, uh, you know, aspects of something and you exaggerate them highly for humor or whatever else, right? So in a lot of ways, we see caricatures made of ourselves that unfortunately are, are very accurate. <laughs> and they make us uncomfortable, I think, because they point out something about it that we don't want to be singled out or whatever. I don't know how you say it, but right. it's very, very real, very true. And I'm sure all cultures have that potential to be exaggerated in a way that makes them uncomfortable. I, I've had several moments outside the United States where I was, I, what I call, what I've come to call, I had a big gringo moment. And that uh -huh. you clash with another, you clash culturally with another environment yes. that you have an overreaction to that locates you as an outsider. And in that moment, you can be confronted with, <laughs> you know, your weakness, I guess. In my case, that's, that's what's happened to me a number of times inside the States, as an example. There's a ton of convenience. Mm -hmm. Any product or service is highly available. And yes. all the mar marketers and merchants, they try to work very hard to remove inconvenience from the process of the transaction. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that is uh, so much what the, you know, the American culture is built on in general. Removing inconvenience from the commercial yeah, or the, the... The problem is when this comes into the church. Yes. When it enters the church, then we can be in trouble because the church and the believers tend to sit down on very nice chairs, very comfortable chairs, and stay still. <laughs> That's the risk. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, they make a joke about that. Oh, really? Yes. I've heard it said, and it's probably not very uncommon here in the States, where people said, you know, we just got these new chairs. And we've been assured by the manufacturer they are four-hour chairs. <laughs> you can sit comfortably without moving for up to four hours. <laughs> we don't realize we're so detached from how disengaged people can be. And in that kind of example, are encouraged to be that our Christianity is a spectator type of scenario. Yes. And we feel like we've done our duty by being a spectator or being there, observed. simply be there. Yeah. My job this week as a believer was to populate the checkbox by weekly church attendance. Check. Mm -hmm. I'm done. And, you know, I don't want to get emotional in, in the sense of crying over here, Francesco, but that is a sad, sad, sad place to arrive yeah. to. It's, it's, it's probably true all over the world. I mean, we're all the same. The more comfortable we are, the more we forget about God, about the, the actual spiritual life, what it means to, to be sacrificial towards God. And that's the big issue. Mm -hmm. So is the solution to take away all, all comforts? Well, the solution is to, <laughs> is to actually be serious about God. Right. That's the solution. Yeah. So it's not about comforts. The problem is that sometimes comforts tend to take us away from God. That, that's the plain truth all over the world. Even in our 
plastic chairs, the ones we have in church, which are not that comfortable, but still, <laughs> you can't get too comfortable anyway. Right, right. Well, you know, I've recently read a few books that I would recommend to anyone and to you as well. And it was, it was written by, by a guy from the States who, who was doing research. First of all, he was a missionary in Africa and in some very hard environments. And then he was also brought back to the States and did a lot of research on the persecuted church. Very, very good books. I don't know if, you know, I don't know what all languages they might have them in, but it's the insanity of God is the first book. Mm-hmm. The second book is the insanity of obedience. And right. they're available in, in, in written form and also in audiobook. I had them in audiobook. I do a lot of traveling for for work and, and a variety of things. So I have a lot of time sometimes to listen when I can't read. So that that's right. The Insanity of God is a book by Nick Ripkin. I didn't realize, but they were making it into a movie, or maybe they already did. I'm not sure if the movie is related to the book. I haven't seen it. But The Insanity of God by Nick Ripkin is the book. And it talks about some of these subjects that we're talking about. And he he actually digs into the persecuted church in some depth, both in Europe, specifically in what was the USSR, and also in China. So I really, really recommend anybody who uh, is interested in missions or the persecuted church or anything like that, to check out Nick Ripkin's book, Insanity of God and the Insanity of Obedience. I, I would encourage you guys to check that out too, Francesco, if you have an opportunity. Very cool. Talking about comfort and then the gospel and Christianity and that. And, and you know, it's, it's basically a decision. And so, so, of course, we can wait for God to take away all our comforts, which we can actually avoid in the sense that uh, there is plenty of work to do. There's plenty of missionary work to do. There is, talking about the persecuted church, uh, we all know that it's there. We can do much for it from abroad or even by going, those who are called. But the idea that we need to be persecuted in order to have an actual revival, that, that's quite true, unfortunately. But we should not look for that. We should look for personal decision and say, yes, I want to go. Yes, I want to help. Yes, I want to change my life. I think the one of the things from that book, and there's so much about it, it's basically a, in some ways a memoir of his time on the mission field in Somalia. So very, very wow. tough context. He also digs into the different outcomes that were experienced by the persecuted church, specifically in the USSR, former USSR, and China, and what the difference of the outcomes were for those, you know, both persecuted, but what the resulting outcomes were. Uh, You know, I believe that sometimes we choose to be reduced to nothing before we put everything, put all of our dependence on God, and we don't think it's a choice. The Lord wants to have us depending of course, totally on him. And we know that that's the place of security is independence on the Lord. But we don't realize that we can choose to be dependent on the Lord before we're reduced to nothing. <laughs> we, we're 
deceived into believing that we have to be reduced to nothing. And to be stubborn. Yeah. At least that's true for me. I know it's true about you, but... <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I think I told you I, I just came back from Albania in August. Yeah. And it's interesting. Albania used to be a very close communist country. Mm-hmm. It was famous to be one of the closest ones. Very hard for the gospel to enter. And then they had a huge revival when the, after the fall of the Berlin Wall. And then there was some troubled times. But then there was an actual revival. So many missionaries went there. So many churches popped up. It was great. Now, after a few decades, you see how they have, they have the same problems we have in the sense that the churches tend to sleep. Some churches, some churches fight among each other, doctrinal problems, denominational problems. So the truth is that everybody's the same all over the world in the sense when we are more comfortable, we just tend to sleep. It's that simple. And mm-hmm. we also always need someone to tell us, wake up. Remember, you have to wake up. And the Lord does send someone every once in a while just for that. So we always have someone who is called to a prophetic word in the sense of really encouraging and, and reminding people that it's all about waking up and doing what we're called to do. Yeah, doing what we're called to do and staying spiritually alert. Being awake, it means you're spiritually alert. You're tuned in from a spiritual standpoint to your environment. And you don't let the things that are used to you, you know, you're used to lull you to sleep or lull you to out of your state of alert, being alert. And I think that's even coming from, like you talk about a closed, a history being closed from the gospel. As things change, we can get, you know, our position of alertness can be taken from us by our environment and our cooperation with that environment. So I think that's what another thing that makes it really good for us to step out and go into a different environment than we've been in. The, The things that we're used to and the things that are common to us are removed, if only temporarily, if only for a few weeks or a month or whatever. And it it creates a more or less of an alarm clock <laughs> kind of experience, you know, where we're, what is that noise? This, you know, what is, what is this difference that I'm encountering here that right. tends to heighten my alert, sense of alertness? Yeah, and eventually it takes a decision. Decision to go, decision to, as someone say, exit from your comfort zone and to decide that, I want to see what's out there. I mean, there's plenty of ways we can help our brothers and sisters around the world. Even staying home, that's not the point. It depends on what God has called us to do for sure. But what we are not called to do is to just stay still and wait because that's not our call. We just so many needs. There are so many needs all around us. Even our neighbors, our actual neighbors <laughs> are often troubled. So. The Lord doesn't want that we do everything, that we save the world. He already did it. But he certainly wants us to, to do our part. Simply, he needs our faithfulness, I guess. Mm, yes. I remember the question of Jesus, when I return, will I find faith upon the earth? And that word that is translated faith in so many of our English versions of the Bible actually means faithfulness. So that's what the Lord, in his returning is looking for that faithfulness. We do ourselves a favor to take that seriously and participate in the things that will help 
encourage us toward faithfulness. As the book of Hebrews is very clear in uh, its exhortation to us. So I think we, I'm getting encouraged here, Francesco. I don't, I don't know about you. Yeah. I'm getting encouraged. Your friendship has been a blessing to me and I, I want to thank you for it. I know we've only met within the last year, but I really thank you for your perspective in the gospel and for your service to Christ's body. I really thank you for your persistence in the gospel in an environment that is challenging at times. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. And thanks, thanks to the Lord for supporting us. We couldn't do anything without Him. Amen. And that's all of us. I think as we grow in our sense of dependence upon the Lord, and as we mature, we don't get more self-sufficient. As we mature, we become aware of our dependence. Absolutely. And we, we get more aware of it as time goes on. So I'm thankful for that process. I've, I've come to understand a little bit of it yeah, and I yeah. want to cooperate with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I can add something, yeah. you also realize how you're really unimportant, which mm. it sounds not so nice, but it's actually great because it really frees you from doing the work, which is the other big deception, the other big risk. The idea that you will have to do everything. We don't have to do everything. We have to do what we are called to do. Again, the animal called to be faithful, not to, to actually save the world. So let's just do our part and rest in, in, uh, in the Lord. Mm, resting in the Lord. Amen. I think we've got to come to that place of rest that is promised for us. Again, one of the reasons that Hebrews is one of my favorite books. You know, it's uh, so instructive, so instructive to us. And of course, the word Hebrew means one who crosses over, right? So it's not talking specifically about a race of people, but a kind of people. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously it talks about Abraham as being the first Hebrew or whatever. The person who crossed over followed God in how the Lord was leading him to a place he didn't know. So, so, so instructive. I love that book. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks again for joining us and please pray for us that the Lord would send us back and we'd get to be together again in person. Glad you had a great trip to the States and it was meaningful to you. What can we pray for you guys and for the church in Italy? How can we pray for you guys? Well, since we already said it, to be faithful, for sure, mm. to actually listen to God's voice and to seek reconciliation and peace in him altogether. That's my prayer request. All right. Well, we'll join you in agreement for that. If anyone wants to reach out to you, they can do that at adventive.ca or francesco at adventive.ca. Perfect. And thank you so much for being here. Please thank give you, once again my regards to the brethren there, to your family. I will. Until we talk again, may the Lord be with you and find you faithful. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Amen, amen. I'm Scott McClellan with your From the Forefront podcast from FX Missions. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at fxmissions.com. Let someone know about this podcast or rate us where you get your podcasts, and we will say thank you for that. If you know of someone, a missionary perhaps, that you'd like to see featured, on From the Forefront, please let us know. Send us an email at info at fxmissions.com. I'm Scott McClellan. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.
This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Missions Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. With quite a bit of content out there, we hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on From the Forefront because of their Forefront missions experience or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.